This is the Start Today Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to Episode 9. Love, Relationships, and Marriage. All right. Episode 9. Here we go. Whose voice is that? That's me. Mike's back. Mike is back. Yeah, it was cool. Mike is back. All right. I like the song. You went with the Backstreet Boys. I did. I like that. I feel a little like throwback. I, actually, funny story. I've been singing Backstreet Boys all week. I don't know why. But what do you sing? Maybe just for that to happen. Maybe it was all like about that interaction. What is it where people? Is it <laughs> telekinetic or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, it was cool that uh, Nathan was here. Um, I'm st- I'm stoked that he was able to to. I, I'd like to be with Nathan and record with him one day, soon. But, we will um, do that. Yeah, but it was cool that he was able to step in. Uh, we had some. We've been dealing with a baby and some health issues, so that has mostly resolved itself to where I have free time. So that's great. Thank God for that. And yeah. um, I'm here today, and you're here today. So, uh, yeah. So here we are. Yeah. I w- you know what? I want to introduce our guests, though, to our people. I, I'm going to come back to, to the people. challenge from Episode 7 on the consumerism, but I don't want to be rude and not introduce Jason Covarrubias. DJ Jason Kova. We'll get to the plugs at the end, but this is the man right here. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, brother. Thank you both for for having me here. I'm I'm uh, excited to be here with you guys. I'm yeah. Thanks for coming. I have we're a feeling excited. just because of because of your voice alone, we're gonna get triple the oh download. I know it's so. <laughs> I feel calm just listening to him talk. I'm like ah. Ho- hopefully, I don't put your listeners to sleep. Oh. No, they'll have to wake up and just replay it. <laughs> yeah. It's good for they'll us. They'll just be instantly, like, put in a good state of mind and relaxed and engaged, I feel like. Right. Yeah. Right. You could be delivering the worst news ever. <laughs> and people would be totally fine with it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to tell you, but uh, we lost everything. <laughs> <laughs> You're Honey. poor <laughs> yeah. and homeless. It's okay. Just keep talking. Yeah. So talk <laughs> talk to us about your uh, consumerism challenge. Okay, so you did your research. I did, dude. This stuff is not um, as easy as I thought it would be. So and let's remind people what your challenge was, and maybe introduce Jason to what your challenge was, so everyone knows what you're talking about. Oh, okay. So on the last episode, not the last one on episode seven. Excuse me, that's correct. On the one before last, the the challenge was we need to start taking control. A little bit more control, have a little bit more awareness of where the products that we use come from and whether the markets are okay, whether whether they're coming from, you know, I don't know if you slavery is the right word, but probably if not slavery, darn near slavery, is it ethical in some way, our products. So at the time, I was wearing some Nike Air Maxes. I had a Nautica button up on. I forgot what kind of pants. But from my from what I was able to get, which wasn't much, was none of these companies are good. So all of you that are buying clothes feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what you learned. That's what I learned. So unless you're buying salvage jeans from or is that what is it? Self? <laughs> you could just call it selfish jeans. Whatever it is, there's I like think a missing. Fine. There's a missing <laughs> syllable in there. It makes it hard to say. But unless you're buying three hundred dollar jeans that are handmade, you know, in California or New York or something, you're running the risk. I think 
is what it seems. It just seems to be a matter of fact. But something I was thinking about, though, and this is not the point of this episode, by the way. I just wanted to revisit it. But something I was thinking was, say these factories in China, India, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, like these places where our clothes and our products are made oftentimes, I just was thinking, what if they are making $2 a day? Yeah, it sucks that Nike Air Maxes are 100 to 150 bucks, but is two bucks a day the difference between them starving or not? Like, because right. they're not I mean, going to get American Union wages. Period. Yeah, no, that so there, there's a lot. Um, there, uh, what was it? I was reading a piece. This is a long time ago. It was like a year or two ago. So, it, and it was, but it was uh, in Burma, in in Burma, I think. Yeah, the, there was a group of Burmese women who were working in a factory. And it, it that's like what they were making two dollars a day or something like that. But it it sort of economically changed their way of life. Yeah. Um. So it's not it's it's not cut and dry. Um. How to do all that stuff? Yeah. And and there's another there's something else on the other ex- uh, um, end of it was there's a band that I like. A lot of you hardcore people out there will know it. Napalm Death. The the last record ne- that never I heard of it. Napalm Death is awesome. No. I mean, kind of. If it, I think they're awesome, but I like brutal stuff. So, and Napalm is brutal. Yeah, that's why it's outlawed now. Is it? <laughs> you can't go to Home Depot and just no, get Napalm. No, you can't. I tried last week. I had some pests in my yard. I wanted a Napalm. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the the name of the last record was. What was the name of the last record? Basically, it was um, a- oh, okay. It was called Apex Predator Easy Meat, and it sounds really like a random string of words. But the analogy came from I think there was a factory that Nike used and a couple other companies. It uh, collapsed and killed hundreds of people, I think. And they knew ahead of time that the structure was unstable, and they kept up with it anyways. And the companies kept up with the production in essentially a near um, slave labor situation and a bunch of people died because of the collapsing of this building. So the record, basically the apex predators, the business owners and the management and the easy meat and the, if you can visualize meat on the styrofoam tray, like in a grocery store, looks kind of unappealing and it's just wrapped in the cellophane and like, it's just not appealing. And the easy meat is like the people, they're, they're disposable, they're, they're, they're nothing, right? So anyways, it just made me think of that. Like, on one end, we are contributing to their economic success. But on the other hand, we're completely exploiting them and put their, putting their lives in danger so we can have our stuff. So I don't know where to sit, and I don't know how to practically proceed other than I just got to live my life, and I'll do my best. So that's what I came up with Cool to my challenge. I'm glad you followed up with that, though. And um, that is... Part I think of the ethical challenge of buying things is right. sort of finding the balance, but it's hard to do, and it's easy to just I want a new whatever. I like this new backpack, so I'm gonna. I mean, I I think I use that as an example because yeah. I liked my new backpack at the time. <laughs> it's like I want a new backpack, so I'm gonna go buy a new backpack, and like that's it. Like there's no thought beyond that. It's like I want this, so I will buy it. Right. That's it. A, so a anyway. lot of that is is that they think that. And not to get too controversial, but it's that American attitude. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. I want this, and and I'm just right. gonna get it just because I want it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you have the financial ability to do it. Right. So I'm gonna do it, and that's that. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So, so I guess uh, to close that off, I mean, it, it does take grassroots thinking to make changes like this. So I don't know what it takes to help the people in these foreign countries to make more money and to make them more safe. I suppose to some extent uh, they need to fight for that on their own, just as we have to pick it for our own benefits and our own wage increase. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe even unionize, you know, do their own yeah. things over there. Yeah. But what I do know is is we for sure can at least put more thought into the products we buy, one way or the other. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw that challenge out to everyone. Just be more aware that these are real people, just like your neighbors and your friends and your family that you have to deal with. These are real people in real places. And just do your best. For sure. And then coming off of that. Coming right off of that. We are going to actually talk about the show now. Today's episode that was intended. Which is on juicy, juicy love. Every time people say juicy, <laughs> it makes me really uncomfortable. I'm glad that I could do that right now. <laughs> I wish everyone could see your face. It's red. He's got a big smile. There was <laughs> there was an episode on, I think it was like American Dad or some one of those Seth MacFarlane, and they used the word moist, but it had nothing to do with anything. It was like... They were just using it to it mess with people. Yeah, but it, it's just <laughs> such like... Ah, yeah, it's weird. That's weird. Uh, that word really makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah, it really I, I, does. I've never understood that. I, maybe, <laughs> you know, my, my first language was Spanish, so I, it's just maybe another word to me. It's just another <laughs> word. Yeah, it makes me it makes me blush. That's funny. That's it doesn't funny. make it, yeah. I, I don't particularly like the word, but I'm not freaked out by it. I'm not blushing by it. I'm not blushing by moisture. <laughs> but if you take off the <laughs> E-U-R-E, sorry, right. I can't spell, or I can spell with dyslexia backwards. Yeah. E R U. But what if you're talking about like a cake? Oh yeah, see cuz everyone loves moist. No, you cake. have to have context to certain words. You just can't go around saying moist out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what bothered you about the Seth MacFarlane episode. It was something like or that. Or whatever show it was. Yeah. So today we're actually um Yeah, so in what context are we talking about love? So today we're Juicy talking love. about love. Well, let's let's keep it dry for a little bit. <laughs> let's keep it dry for a minute. We're going to talk about love, relationships, and marriage. And that has been a subject I go back and forth on. I'm, I'm in my late 30s, and I'm still single. I don't have kids. And oftentimes it sounds awesome, like having a family and having kids. And then when I want to go on vacation or when I just decide to pack up and go to Disneyland and meet some people down there with no thought, with no anything, or I feel like going to see my family in Arizona this weekend, I'm just going to call them up and I'm going to go. Like the, the romanticized thinking doesn't line up with my practical life. So this has been something I've been challenged by and struggling for, with for years. Anyone who's known me has known this is probably one of the sore subjects of my life because I, I have a good life. But so I'm curious and there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to discuss in the next, you know, hour and 15 minutes or however long we are here. But in a day like today, when there's virtually, for some people at least, there's virtually no competition to get the attention of women 
or to even have, um, you know, contact with them, I guess if we could just keep it at that, there's not, there's not a lot of um, effort that needed, needs to be done like it did maybe before where maybe you came from a small town and the competition was high for very few women and we're all disposable these days and I've used you and you're gone, you used me, I'm gone. Like, so why should we get married? Why is that even valuable? It's kind of like that consumerism you know, we're talking about, you know, but it, yeah. it, it applies to, to yeah. people in this sense. You know, yeah, people, that's right. People use each other and y sometimes you even have these apex predators when it comes to relationships. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And both of you, and I, and I asked uh, Jason to be on here, which he is Angelos's. Angelos, which caused quite a bit of confusion. <laughs> uh, uh, he was on the uh, jujitsu episode, and that's your brother-in-law. That's right. That's right. But you also have X amount of children. You have a wife. Mike has children. Mike has a wife. So in my eyes, these are the experts. So this is why I invited you on, and, I, and I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad we get to you know hammer this out, work this out. Well, I'm no you. expert. I'll tell you that. I, I would agree with Mike. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not an expert at, at all. Well, I think no. we're all. Learning. I stand corrected. Episode is over, guys. Let's <laughs> go home. Um, I will say that the those days of uh, what you were describing are long gone for me. <laughs> and and I think as a without I don't well without telling to like a lot of my story because. I don't. I mean, we can maybe later, but I don't want to take up a lot of time doing it. Um, I mean, I had a period of time in my late twenties where I could do whatever I, I just do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted, and um, and there are there are moments where that's tempting, uh, where it's like, and not tempting like, ooh, should I go do that? But I where I I have the desire to do it. Like, mm. I do want to just you know, go do this thing today. I don't want to. I don't want to go, you know, do, th I, I don't want to help clean all night. I want to go meet a friend or I want to just go away this weekend and not worry about it. Even if, even if sometimes like I think about just, I want my wife and I to go away together. Like just right now, let's just, let's just go. And, um, and adding kids into a marriage is another real, uh, it'll rain, it'll rain your, um, your selfishness in really quickly because you you have responsibilities and and then and then the flip of that because this actually happened to me last week where I was you know having a new baby is a it's a whole new calling of of engagement um and and learning how to not sleep again and all those fun things and um you know, we were we were at home and we were playing. We were hanging out in the backyard. We had dinner and the kids were playing. And we have our little garden there. We were tending to the garden and the kids were laying on a blanket together. And like, I I had that same feeling of like, just like when you when you go somewhere and you a achieve or do exactly what you want to do. I wasn't intending on anything, but I had that like that sort of consciousness of like this is exactly where i want to be it felt like being on a beach in hawaii or something right this mm. like this like vision like of paradise yeah content. this like fulfilled vision of paradise and it was just we were just playing in the backyard it was it was amazing yeah. and so it's like it's all of that 
Um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe all that. But I can certainly, I understand what, what you describe there. I, I have that from time to time with, with my children, my family too. And we can just be spending simple time together. And it's just this amazing feeling of uh, reward, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. Reward. Absolutely. And I, uh, so yeah, I, I definitely understand why you would have that sort of tension in you. Um, because I felt it myself. Yeah. Um, do you, well, I also want to kind of give everyone a general statement about myself. A general one. I feel like I'm basically a natural born pessimist as well. It doesn't mean I have a bad attitude or I'm all, you know, Debbie Downer all the time, but you know, sometimes I do see the re what I think is the reality of things and jumping into a relationship and it's like, why would I deal with some pain in the butt complaining to me about blah, 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 y you know, like, and then I have to check myself. No, no, no. Ch chill out with all that negativity because you're a freaking moron. Mm -hmm. If she's a moron, you most certainly are, right? Or if she's a pain in the butt, you most certainly are. Yeah. So, um, maybe, maybe this is a question for Jason. Um, <coughs> do you think that, and I, I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't want to place this on Eric. <laughs> do you think that men okay. in our culture are motivated by a, a true sense of love or a misunderstanding of love or a little bit of both? Or, or how do you understand maybe love in the context of relationships wow that's a that's a great question and i think it, it's a question that certainly a lot of men these days especially single men can can think about you know yeah. what what kind of love are we are we talking about here what kind of love are we even approaching when we because it's about a limited marriage? concept compared to say like greek right they have a little more robust uh even different words, different levels, right. different levels of love, different kinds of love, love for man for deity, love for man for a friend, love for man for, for his lover, uh, the woman. And so I think, um, you know, it's interesting. We, we really do have to look at that and we have to think about that. Most, most men these days, unfortunately, uh, might have a misunderstanding when it comes to, to what love is. And, and they might have this, this false notion of what to expect from, from marriage what to what to actually provide in in marriage in terms of love you look, you look yeah no, no 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 keep going so <laughs> so i think so i think when it comes to when it comes to love you know uh marriage really starts to to transform the the love that we have you know uh, mm. uh if anything marriage is is like a it's like a school for the man it really mm. transforms transforms the man and then when you introduce children into the marriage I mean, there's so many times where I'm just being ministered to by, by my son, you know, and I look, mm -hmm. at, my, I look at my son and, and I see myself, you know, I lose my patience with him or whatever, and then I'm reminded of, you know, of that love and patience that I have to have for, for him and that my wife have, has towards me. So when it comes to love, I think single men, Patrick, whoever, you know, out there, uh, we really have to examine and see, you know, what, what do I think love is? Uh, what kind of love can I offer? And then I think we can even start talking about what is it? What does it mean to be in love? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. what, what kind yeah. of different types of love are there? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's important. Um, 
I it, it's and I think I guess I'm speaking for myself. Um, it's very tempting for me to get carried away with j- romantic love, and like and and yeah. I I'm a pretty emotional person, and I get that from my mom for sure, um, <laughs> and her influence on me, which was it's good, um, but it's also good to know. <laughs> um, right. But but you know like I I love romantic comedies. I just I I enjoy that feeling of like oh these two people are like you know they they maybe they're opposites maybe they don't like each other and they connect over this just this feeling right right and it sort of and, and then and then in in most romantic comedies right it ends when the relationship begins at the very beginning right <laughs> right <laughs> so like there's no there's no sense of like okay well what does that relationship look like long term what what are things that are overcome that that make that relationship stronger um and so there's no sense of struggle do you think because or do you think it's possible it's because even getting to the point to where you can be in a relationship is difficult i i would say i would say so you know there's that difference there's that difference of of falling in love Mm -hmm. you know that romantic period the romanticism of the conquest or the you know you're trying to impress that person to to pay attention to you you're trying to 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 woo them and then you get to that point and and it feels like it's the end you know we've reached the promised land where we even look at like something you know like the story of reaching the promised land but that's not where the story ends you know there's even more what happens (laughs) when you reach the promised land you know what do you do then (laughs) and 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 in relationships and in love I think you just hit a word that is just amazingly appropriate is struggle, struggle, because it, it is a struggle after mm-hmm. that. You know, the, the happily ever after, how do you achieve that? And, uh-huh. and what does that consist of? Is it just a happy emotion for the rest of your life? The way you felt when you actually got married or, or, or decided you're going to be a couple? Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. there's a I'm going to mess up this quote, so I'm going to summarize it instead of quote it. There's an amazing quote though from uh that i i really like um from father stephen freeman who's a priest in tennessee uh who i love reading his blog i have for oh geez probably eight years now um but he's telling a story about a couple and he says you know we don't look at a couple on their wedding day and say oh they love each other he says we look at a couple like at the end of their life and we say they loved each other wow and that just mm. blows me away every time I hear that because, and every time I think about it because, like, even in, it, it's so easy to, to just be tempted with being in love all the time. And I remember, <coughs> I remember in my life wanting someone to be in love with me more than I wanted them to love me. And I, I, I remember having that, like, as, a, as an early 20-year-old, I remember wanting that. I don't. Someone, I don't. Someone to be in love yes, with you. Yes, that's what would matter to me in a relationship. Wow. Was if someone was in love with me, like borderline narcissism, like not. I mean, not narcissism. Maybe, maybe you can call it that. But someone who has that, like, you know, the butterfly feelings for you, for me. That's so funny. maybe that is narcissistic. I, I, I had the, thought about it that way. the absolute opposite of that. I've al- I always <laughs> wanted to be the one who was in love with the other person, but always thought uh, may- maybe I don't want them to be as in love with me <laughs> as I am. But you know, it's funny. My mother always used to say, you know, you know, Mijo, make sure, make sure that whoever you're with 
make sure they love you more than you love them. <laughs> <laughs> she always used to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> good, uh, good motherly advice. Totally, there. <laughs> totally. And and I think the quote just always it it, it it strikes me as I've gotten older and hopefully hopefully, uh, God willing, I've matured. Um, I I have thought so much about wanting wanting to end my life loving someone mm. and having been loved much more than I want to feel like I'm in love all the time. And I mean, I have. I, I have plenty of great moments with my li- my wife where we feel in love. I mean, right. it's not like that just goes away. It's there, but it's not it's not a constant. It's right. It's changing. Flu- it fluctuates totally. Yeah. And so there are days when you know, when when she's had a rough day with the kids and I had a rough day at work, and we're just surviving. Right. We get home and like let's make sure everyone's fed. Everyone has a clean clothes on and it's survival mode. Right. And then there are days when, when everything just, even if it's not, it feels easy. And, and you're just like, you're, you're just, you're just clicking and you're going and you're, you get to have a great dinner together or you get to, I don't know. I mean, in a, <laughs> in a really good case scenario, you have a nice weekend away or whatever, right, like, right. and it's just, everything feels great, but that, it's it's totally changing. It's a fluctuating system, and and uh, part of part of the of the love is is being there and struggling when it doesn't feel great. Right, and I think that's that's you asked earlier with a question about you know what what kind of love are men approaching these days, single men, or what kind of understanding? And I, I think that's that's the main thing that. Uh, that it's a struggle, that it's going to fluctuate. And, and you know, um, years ago, I used to do a youth ministry, um, and we always used to talk about, we always used to tell the kids that love is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. Yeah. It's a decision. You know, you have to, you wake up every day, and you have to decide, I'm going to love my wife. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm going to be committed regardless of how I feel. You know, mm-hmm. if I feel like, uh, if I feel uh, deeply passionately about her, or if I don't. Yeah. Um, and and that's what we, I think, have to drive home the difference between romantic love, and and what real love is. C.S. Lewis has an amazing quote about that. Uh-huh. You know that being in love, the beginning of of being in love, is is actually just the catalyst for true love. It's the explosion that starts the engine yes, of love. Yes, I mean that's yes, that's butchering yes. the quote. It's it's <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. But that's uh-huh. that's truly what it is. Yeah, and and I think probably that is true to our experience i mean that's true to my experience um and and as i'm thinking through you know i'm thinking i'm trying to think a a little bit here of eric and i'm thinking about how how i you know i don't want to say i chose my wife like as if she had no choice (laughs) in the matter (laughs) but as i thought through um okay i want to be married i want to have a family who who is the right person to do that with right um there was there was a point where it's like, okay, I have these nice feelings for this woman and we've spent some time together and we have great conversations and we laugh. But um Ooh, there we go. Keep going, yeah, but yeah. I'm gonna come back to that. <clears throat> no, but that one of those questions was like can that that I, I honestly asked myself was like, can I live 
with this person? Can I struggle with this person? And can she struggle with me? Because um, if I didn't think that I could struggle with her, she could struggle with me, I don't know that I would have married her. That's a question that most people don't ask themselves. You know, when they're stuck in this uh, this casual dating or whatever happens these days, you know, mm-hmm. they, they're not asking, can, can I struggle with this person? Do I yeah. want, do I even do want, I want to, to struggle with this yeah. person? Will this person even struggle with me? Or do they have this mentality of, of consumerism where it's like, no, nah, no, nah, I've been through that. I'm done. Next person, please. Right. And something, something. this is kind of like a standard, <coughs> excuse me, I'm uh, raspy today. It's uh, a raspy day. <laughs> but anyways, th- there's something that I, that I, this is kind of a standard that I have and I get frustrated it's almost like people say, well, how dare you have the standards that you have? You need to lower your standards. And every time I say that, I'm like, that's convenient for you, married person. You lower your standards, dude. Like, right. well, don't <laughs> tell me to lower my standards. And the other thing, it's like when I say, I want someone that's good looking, that I can talk to, and most of all, that I can laugh with. They're like, why, why are you talking about looks? As if it doesn't. Mm. I don't care what you think is good looking, dude talking about me right what is good for me and it has to be reciprocated i have to be a handsome guy for someone else i could be 500 pounds if she thinks i'm handsome it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks right but to me i think of it like this can we be broke together which would be the same as being a struggle right like that's just one of many struggles that comes up could we live in a one-bedroom apartment for the rest of our lives have no money eat poor people food which I've done many times in my life. And can we sit and laugh and just enjoy each other? And to me, that's my litmus test. How well do we laugh together? Mm. And people think that's totally stupid and maybe because it's emotion-based or whatever, but if we don't have that chemistry, if I can't laugh with you, I'm going to get claustrophobic. That's, that's really funny you mentioned that. You know, I used to have a test when I was... <laughs> when I was meeting meeting girls and, and getting to know people. And my test was, uh, it was really dumb, now that I think about it. <laughs> it's it's really dumb. But yours, it seems like your test you're saying was to see how well you could laugh together, what kind of sense of humor. For me, of course, that's important. You know, you got to be able to laugh. But uh, my question <laughs> was always random to them, but it was always, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on communism? You could ask my wife. Uh, but there was this one girl. I'll, I'll just, <laughs> That's I'll, amazing. I'll just throw this out. And so the, the the whole point, my test was, you know, if they have intelligent thoughts on this, then this is someone I'm I'm going to be interested in pursuing. <laughs> but so at one point I was dating this girl. Uh, this f- sorry for the digression, but I was dating no, this, this girl great. that I thought that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. You know, mostly because she was incredibly attractive. I thought she was very very pretty. Uh, maybe you can edit that part out. And my wife, <laughs> I don't want my <laughs> wife to hear that. So I asked her, I said, this this other girl, I asked her, I said, what are your thoughts on communism? And she just gave me this blank stare, and she said, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> and I said, no, but I'm just curious. What do you think? And she and, and that's she would always say that. I don't want to talk about that. That's dumb. Why do you ask that? <laughs> you know, and later on, needless to say, n- nothing ever yeah, happened. Later yeah, on down the road, <laughs> I asked my wife that, what are your thoughts on communism? And then she, well, you know, if you look at it as a political system, she's just started going off, you know, <laughs> economically speaking. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. And needless to say, here we are, four kids later. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that's yeah. great. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I know that is an interesting thing, too, that I refuse to change who I am. And I don't mean that I'm not willing to progress. 
I mean, like, I'm not going to hide the fact that if you ask me how I'm doing, I'm going to let you know. And that's where I think the natural pessimism thing comes in. And maybe you guys have gotten good at like, oh, maybe I'm not having a great day, but I don't need to share it. Maybe it's not worth sharing. I'm not going to bring down the mood of everyone else. But to me, I just say like, man, I had a rough day. And, you know, I'd really like to go do something because mm -hmm. I'm, just, I'm just having a bad day. And I'll talk about it. I'm, if there's one thing before the end of my life that I won't be accused of, that's being a liar and a fake. I could be called a lot of different things with some some level of validity, but when I think of, no, I like talking about communism, so this is, if you can't handle it, <laughs> then this is not. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I think that's completely valid. Just to clarify, not that I was, like, trying to promote communism or anything. I was just trying, <laughs> at that point, you know, find something. But, no, I, I agree with you, man. I think, I think that's fantastic that you, you're yeah, going to be like real. You're going to keep it real. Sometimes I slack, and I, I've even said it on the podcast, like maybe practically some days I am completely um, uninterested in religion. Some days I'm all about it. I mean, I, I can't fake the funk, right? Like that's mm. the truth. And some women will not talk about religion or politics as if we're in a bar in some random place. And it's like, no, this is our life. Right. It may not because I don't like talking about that stuff particularly either, but I think that's totally valid that, no, we need to talk about things that are important for our lives because it impacts our future. And some people just won't go there. So I don't know. Mm. And I've never noticed that uh, with Mike and his wife. It seems like they have a really robust, like, philosophical uh, relationship, it seems like. I mean, I don't, I mean, <coughs> I think it's just, uh, that uh, that's just I think a product of who my wife is probably, yeah. Just based on her education and Did her I general interests. No. Oh, okay. And her general interests. Um. So I I mean, part of. I mean part part of what makes my relationship with my wife enjoyable is that we can sit around and talk about stuff that I is interesting or frustrating or motivating or whatever, and it circles around very usually on different like on religion on politics on right. <laughs> raising families now mm -hmm. <laughs> education for young kids <laughs> those sorts of things yeah and I, I was just going to say that the the topics will change you know the topics yeah. change and the the whole situation will change but as long as you can change together with that you know and, and eventually you move away you know each other you know, yeah. you know how you feel about certain things, and then you can just move on. And sometimes there's nothing wrong with just enjoying simple, the simple things, little, yeah. little conversation, little entertainment together, things like that. A, a good laugh, like you said, right? Yeah, a good laugh. Uh, that that's super important. Um, and I think also managing one's own expectations. Um, that I could use help on. You know, there's just no what 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 should I expect out of another person? Um, and, and I mean, one of the things you also said, you know, it doesn't matter if we're rich or poor, um, like we can do these things together. I think in our cultural context, it's really hard to be poor with someone, yeah. like really difficult. That's, that's interesting. You mentioned that, you know, I, I've known sadly many people that, uh, their marriages end because of 
economic difficulties. Yeah. Many people of different ages, you know, people that are in their 50s or 60s, young people. In their 60s getting divorced. Yeah, yeah seriously, so getting crazy. divorced. Incredible. And I remember asking someone in particular, you know, they were older, and I said, what happened? You know, and, and the woman just said, well, it was just, you know, he didn't keep a job or, or he couldn't make the bills. And I'm thinking, wow, that caused you to get divorced? Yeah. Yeah. That's... Well, th is there a reasonable expectation on men to uphold all these things, do you think? What, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I mean, is it unreasonable? There's got to be... There's got to be certain expectations on both ends going into a marriage. Absolutely, yeah. Isn't doing your best to be Providing. financially stable, isn't that a, a legitimate thing? And if you just, I don't know the nuance or the details of that situation, but if, right. if, if you are, if you get married young, and I've heard this happen often, you get married young, something happens 15 years in, you're still young though, maybe in your mid-30s, and then you get out of it. Oh, well, he was a deadbeat. He wasn't making, and it's like, well, didn't you know he was a deadbeat before you got married? Like these mm. symptoms, these traits, or she is a fill in the blank, or he's a fill in the blank. Well, didn't you see that? Or you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, yeah. And I, well, one, I think people change. Uh, but two, uh, in, in your specific example, I've known of someone who is divorced and in high school, like the deadbeat part was attractive, right? He didn't care what people thought. He didn't have respect for authority. He, you know, this, like, you know, just, just, he, he did his own thing. He wasn't responsible. That was all part of the attraction. Uh. Well, and that's great when you're 19. Well, it's not great, but I mean, I get why at 19, that's attractive to a girl, right? There's, it's, it's rebellious. It's, I'm not going to listen to teachers and mom and dad, yeah. and we're going to do our own thing. But when you're 35 and you've got two kids and a mortgage to pay, and he's still unresponsible, irresponsible, and still not doing what he's supposed to do, it's less attractive. So I think that that happens with people. But I, <coughs> I, I think we've probably heard this language before, but... Our culture just treats marriage as something that's disposable, like mm. uh, many of the other things we've talked about. Right. And so if it isn't, I I've heard celebrities say this, um, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep doing this until it doesn't work anymore. And when it doesn't work, we'll go our separate ways. Let's just we'll keep following celebrities, And we'll by do the way. something else. I mean, yeah. that's just sort of, and, and that, that's, a, I think, a very normal cultural approach to, to marriage, which is this is supposed to be, this is supposed to make me happy and fulfill me. And when it stops making me happy and stops fulfilling me, I'll go do something else. And you, the pressure's on you. I don't have responsibility in this. I'm not accountable for my behavior. When you stop making me happy, I'm out. Right. It's like a product. You know, you sign up for this subscription. You're expecting to be satisfied, right. entertained. And, and when, that ha when you're not happy anymore, then you just cancel it yeah. and move on. Yeah. But there's got to be something in the middle that's actually reasonable. Because even as uh, religious people... I, you know, without revealing too much of your life to other people, you you do have, like, daughters. Right, right. You teach them, I'm, I'm sure, as time goes on, what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. And when they're of dating age, no doubt, okay, this is what a man of substance looks like. So there is at least a middle ground Everyone has responsibilities that they do have to keep up with. Ab absolutely. When it, it when it comes to entering marriage, for sure. You know, I think the shame the shame is, if you're in a marriage, 
and difficulty strikes, especially economic difficulties, with uh, which is uh, nothing that is impossible. I mean, it can happen to people. And um, it goes up and down. Wealth uh, goes up and down right, with a lot right. of people. You know, this, this too shall pass. You know, that applies right. to everything. You're, you're doing great. You're doing poorly. It, it'll pass. I think it's sad when people can't, can't weather the storm and they just decide, you know what, I'm going to leave. This is too hard. That's the sad part. Uh, but for sure, when you're going into a marriage, I would say that, uh, especially for my daughters, you know, I would instruct them. And I'm always doing this for all of them, uh, all my children, even, even my, my son, that... Uh, Everything in life, I try to teach them, everything in life requires work, tremendous work. If you want to enjoy and reap benefits, it requires work, strenuous work. And and that's important, I think, in in marriage. And people are are forgetting that. You know, they they highlight the the work in in other things like, oh, don't get me started on, not me particularly, but people, you know, don't get me started on fitness because we'll talk about how much work that takes and, Uh and how much. But you don't really hear people emphasize, you know. Uh, with the work that it's going to take to to be happy in a marriage. That's a really great point, actually. Yeah, if you follow people who do CrossFit, right, jiu-jitsu, since we all know someone who's super deep into jiu-jitsu and is part of his life and career, um, the 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 grind the work the hardness is a part of it right it's it's yeah. a it's, it's a badge of honor yeah, that it's you're glorified it's glor like it's a, it's honorable to put in the work to achieve the results but we don't i don't know that i've ever heard marriage talked about it outside of a christian context and not even in most christian contexts quite frankly right but especially but especially not the cultural context the cultural context is so much different. It's almost the exact opposite of that. It's all emotion based. Yes. It's all about feeling happy and 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 all this. But I th- I think our society would would greatly benefit if if we had more discussion and more promotion of you know put in the grind for your marriage. Yeah. Work, work hard. You'll see the benefits. You know. I'm, I'm thinking this is really st- really stupid, but <laughs> I hear the the song. You know. You're talking about CrossFit and what whatnot. I've done some competitions, and this is always one that comes up but it's this particular artist that has a song that the the song's called work you know work uh-huh. work b word you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so she keeps repeating you know you want you want this fancy car you want the the hot body or whatever you got to work i think we need that uh-huh. same attitude with marriage you know you want you want to be happy you got to work yeah you got to put in the work yeah you want to feel in love you want to achieve uh, a great family that doesn't have the 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 disconnect and disunity and disharmony and you know you you, you don't want your spouse looking the other way mm. yeah that the, those are all things that require work tremendous work yeah and I think that can that can also lead us into into questions of like you know we talked about romantic love we can we can maybe even look at like selfish uh, behaviors or or, or or you know versus selfless. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What what are the roles of those? Yeah, there's a um, there's a professor that I know who teaches a course on. Uh, uh, it's called marriage and family, um, and and he he likes to shock, I think particularly the girls in the class, because uh, <laughs> he he kind of starts the course out, and says, uh, so everything you've been taught about love, the the princess. The prince on the white horse, that you're going to feel great. 
He's like, it's all a lie. You've been He'll lied have a PhD. to. PhD. He's in shape. He's handsome. No, he's actually team. he's actually an old 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 rotund guy. But um. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about your prince. Oh no, no, no. Oh, no, no. Okay, I thought he was talking. <laughs> about, I, I was like, oh, who is yeah. this guy? Yeah, who is this guy? <laughs> um, but you know, he he just says you you've all been lied to. Um, you've bought in to like this romantic notion of love that's supposed to sustain you, and it won't sustain you, and it will fail you. Um, because love isn't about getting what you want. Love is about doing what you don't want because it's good for someone else. Mm. And so he, he loves to shock the college girls because they're all, you know, yeah. especially in, in the, the un, you know, in a small Christian university they're they're looking for, they're looking, you know, they're looking for their, their husband. Everyone's happy. Which we're they gonna, find we're gonna really have, quickly. We're going to have this picture, per, this Instagram perfect wedding and it's going to be great and um which you know we've all kind of we've already sort of circled the wagon on on that part but um but yeah it, it's uh how, do, how does he say they respond that because uh, that's oh, interesting it's great actually half the class loves it and half the class hates it <laughs> um like and and it's i think i think for christians specifically um they look at the Bible's description of marriage and love um, as it's related to Christ and the church, right? Um, so husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Um, and so you start walking down this path of like, okay, well, Christ gave himself up for the church, right? So... What, if, it, what if, does that mean if, in more raw terms? Because I mean, it, even that sounds romantic, right? Oh, Christ gave himself up, and we can read it. No, but, but I mean, no, well, he got like Mel Gibson. Well, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. No, start. Like I mean, you movie. you start there. Right. He, I mean, the first part is you be ready to die. Exactly. All right, so die. We all know literally what that means. Yeah. But then, like, how? Maybe you're gonna have to put your selfish desires to death. Mm-hmm. So. You know, you get home. I, I mean, I'm just using myself as an example because it's very easy. I, I get home from work. I'm tired. I want to sit down on the couch, maybe, like, read a little bit while my wife prepares dinner and do nothing. No, that's not how life goes. Uh, that's what I want to do. But when I get home, if I want to have a wife who feels relaxed at the end of the night and who's happy, um, I've got to help clean up the disaster that a toddler created. Right. I've got to help cook dinner while my wife nurses the baby. I've got to clean and help. And and it's not me doing it all. I mean, my wife is doing a lot too. And it's just, it's both of us doing all of it so that it gets accomplished. Um, but but putting yourself, uh, that that's one way. Maybe, I mean, maybe you don't, you know, maybe you have to work two jobs to make ends meet um, or to do what you want. Um, so that's putting, you know, you're putting things to death that you want, uh, and sacrificing your own self so that you can you you can have this uh, this financial stability. Um, uh, there's a lot of different ways to put yourself to death, but if you start with the 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 you know immediately, like be ready to die for your wife. Right. Yeah. Like, y- in other words, she's more important than you. Um, and that that's funny. <laughs> on that note, you know, it's f- uh, when we first had our our first child. We went to go do uh, the naming for for our child. Yeah. And we, <laughs> we went to our to our priest and and uh, uh, when you name a child, you want to give a little just right, a right. So you know, as an Orthodox Christian, usually about eight days after the child's born, you have a, a little prayer that's said over them, and 
the priest officially gives them the name and I mean that's in simple terms but but we showed up and we're getting ready to do this uh this uh, the naming and and our priest walked up to us and he he looked right at my wife he said how how are you how's the wa- how's the mother doing how's the mother and how's the baby that's good that's good and then uh then he kind of moved on and and jokingly I said uh I'm fine by the way father and he, <laughs> he, he looked over and said who cares who asked you <laughs> and I was kind of like, and he kind of smirked, but I was reminded that uh, really, who cares? It's not, it's not about the self anymore. It's about the other, yeah. and it's putting all everything we do, all our energy, all our love, all our attention, for the benefit of the other. And for listeners who aren't Orthodox, Orthodoxy is particularly emphatic about no one cares about your feelings. Right. On certain levels. Well, I mean, and, and that's that also sort of flies in the face of a cultural narrative that right. feelings are all that matter. Um, and I, I, I want to chase that rabbit, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I want to go back to what Jason just said. And when, when you start to see that you don't matter and that what matters is your wife, and your wife in turn sees that she doesn't matter and that her husband does like that's where we see like there's a balance of love in a marriage right we're always our culture is like just obsessed with equality now well that's where we find real equality right it's not about making one thing equal like on the same level it's it's each one saying i don't matter the other does um and when we see that uh i if you do that right your divorce rates will plummet absolutely plummet yeah because what you what you need is you need your spouse to be happy, that, and that's what your that's your desire, um, that that's your um, what what you're working for every day, uh, that that's what's on your mind, that's your motivation, uh, and and when both spouses have that motivation, uh, you see real harmony in yeah. a household. And and I think when when you can see that when you can see that in in the household, in the family unit. That love between husband and wife, and uh, that really permeates through the entire culture. I mean, yeah. uh, we would be in a completely different society if mm-hmm. people in marriages actually loved each other the way we're describing. Yeah, and we're all we're all striving for that. God help us. It's but minute by minute almost. It sounds like practically like you have to think about it constantly. Definitely, like especially yes. when you're at work. You have and you're to getting be very hounded by your bosses. You're getting hounded by whomever has influence over your workday. No, no, no. I'm taking the brunt of this so my wife doesn't have to, right? Or right. so my kids don't have to. I'm going to I'm gonna take this lunch and I'm going to relax and chill so I don't take this guy's nonsense home with me, right? Or right. that kind of – yeah. it just seems like it is a very intense thing. Maybe you get it used to it and you get used to the battle, but I could see how that could be a very difficult thing. It, it to not take it out on someone else or to not bring it home or to not or to not feel like you deserve something because that happened to you. Yeah. Like I had a bad day at work, so now I deserve X, Y, and Z when I get home. I deserve happy kids and a clean house and a and a happy wife who's And a meal. I mean who's <laughs> I mean like like le- like let's run with the fantasy, right? Who's ready to put the kids down and and have alone time and have you know be married tonight because I had a rough <laughs> day. Like no, like 
you gotta you gotta check that at the door, right? Because like on on the other end, she probably had an even rougher day dealing with the toddlers at home. Oh, I I'll tell you what I so I, because I work in education, I have a lot of summertime off, and last week I took about five days off in a row, including the weekend, mm. and. I couldn't wait to get back to work to rest. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I'm going to go to my desk. I'm going to go, like, plow through emails for it's an gonna, hour. It's going to be quiet. It's going to be quiet. <laughs> no one's going to bother me if I want to listen to a podcast or music. I can. <laughs> like, it's just I'm going to close my door in my office and be alone. <laughs> no, like, uh, the no baby's sleeping. Can you be quiet, please? There is zero <laughs> alone time at yeah. home. Yeah. Zero. Zero. But, see, I, I think that's the, it, that's, that's a good thing. If if we look at it in the right context, because that's the school of marriage, you know that that's what what transforms us. Mm. I mean, there's times when when the kids are just going nuts, mm-hmm. and I look at my wife and I'm like, what you know is going on here? And my three <laughs> my three year olds jumping off the walls, and they're just being <laughs> kids. But then I'm reminded right. like this this isn't my reality. This isn't meaning. I mean, it's not my universe. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I have to. This is a community. This is a family, and we have to do this together. Oh, right, right. Know, so, yeah. And, yeah, kids go off the walls. That's literally what they do. Um, as mine's getting older, he's just – he likes to climb up on the back of the couch and just jump off. That's his <laughs> new thing. <laughs> he's funny, too, because he's getting intense about things. He's like, he'll make that, like, stressed face dude, and he's, he's looking at you. he's super intense. Yeah. He's such yeah. a good little guy, though. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's – and that's um, – I think – I really think that is the message that I that I I'm just that we're responsible for getting across to people and I think that the the way and I I don't mean that like through this podcast I mean like through the way we live our life like mm-hmm. the message to to the world is like look what love this is what love looks like and we have to communicate it in our families right um that that is that is Almost, I don't know that there's anything I feel that is more important in my life than trying to have a family life that communicates balanced, intense love. And that even extends a little bit past past marriage, you know, like the the it goes into the fruits of marriage with children and everything that yeah that the 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 life you live with your spouse and your children that when people come visit you, they can they can be witnesses of, of, of this love, you know, of this real love, not this mm. romantic love. Because even with children, people have this romantic, uh, romantic or romanticized opinion of what, you know, having children should be like or what it's like to have children and this and that. Yeah. But uh, w- if they can see, wow, this is, this is what a sacrificing mother looks like or a, yeah. a father, then, I mean, hopefully that, again, affects them. They go out and, and share that love. Yeah, and it's... Uh, there nothing breaks my heart more. Excuse me, and and it happens fairly often with people who love their kids, but they're like, don't, don't get married, don't have kids. It's oh just wow. super not worth it. it. Wow. I love my kids and I'll die for them. Blah blah blah. Fill in the blank. But you don't have to do it. Don't do it. Live your life. I get that so much, and I'm like, there was a. It's I a little sad. I, I on know. on a like the exact opposite note of that, and uh. I was listening to um, a podcast called The Areopagus this week um, with a, there's an Orthodox priest and a Protestant pastor, and they sort of have religious dialogue with each other. Oh, they're, they're, they're good friends, 
So it's sort of just talking about religion uh, without sort of arguing perspectives. Like, oh, we think that and you think that and you're wrong and blah, blah, blah. It's just sort of like, no, how should we approach this uh, problem or whatever together? They were talking about uh, th that exact thing, which is uh, the, the, the priest said that sometimes in confession, I'll tell um, he had his spiritual father on the show that time. It's like, you know, I would I would confess that, you know, sometimes I feel like my wife and my children are in the way. And his priest would say, no, your wife and your children are the way. Totally, I'm totally like wow. plagiarizing that. But it, it both my wife and I listened to it separately and we came back that <laughs> night. It's like not wow. knowing we both listened to it. And I was like, that was That's very heavy. heavy and yeah. very, uh, I, I don't know what the right word is, but it's just sort of, it, it really frames what, what we're doing here. Um, that there's a, there's something bigger going on than me and you getting what we want out of the day. Right. Right. Al along those same lines, I, I remember once, even myself, in uh, in talking to my priest, even in confession, mm -hmm. I remember once sharing, you know, what, what is, uh, I was really struggling with, with a uh, huge load of work and just being overwhelmed, family life, all that stuff. And I, and I remember telling my priest, I said, you know, this is, what's the point? This is, uh, I mean, I'm working, I'm doing all this stuff, you know, and just feeling completely overwhelmed. And I remember him pointing out. Maybe even underappreciated at times or like something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But he said, you know what? Uh, he reminded me. He says, you know, you're, you're doing this. Remind yourself you're doing this for your wife and your children. Mm -hmm. You're getting up because, you know, I, I was telling him at, the, at that time, I was thinking, you know, getting up, same routine, just tired, literally physically tired. And he said, well, you're doing this for them. It doesn't yeah. matter how you feel. Keep mm -hmm. keep doing it. Mm -hmm. That's, um, you know, that's, speaking of just, there's a little story that's not even necessarily related to that, but I remember you telling me about the seriousness of marriage, about how not, how the opposite of disposable it is. Right. You, w you were about to get married, and I don't, I didn't know you then, but you, I remember you telling me a story where the priest was like, Oh yes. Do you want to just tell oh, the story brother, so about my wedding day? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's super <laughs> heavy. Speaking of the seriousness oh, of man. this whole this thing, this priest traumatized me in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> that story has stuck with me. Oh, I'm still trying God. to process. Thank God. How it stuck with so me. And why? But go. It, it's pretty amazing. I think it's this story. So on my wedding day, on my wedding day, I, I'm I'm all excited. You know. I'm Wait. Does your wife know this story? Yes, I, th I, th well, if she doesn't, she's gonna know now. <laughs> so, on, uh, actually, that's a good question. But it, on my wedding day, um, now, I'm th now you made me think about it. Do I? No. So anyway, on my wedding day, <laughs> tell, her tell her before she hears. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, ex I'm excited. Four I, days. I get to the church. You know, I mean, what groom isn't excited and you know just filled with anticipation on their wedding day? Everything's going great. Yeah. And uh, I show up. The to chairs the church. came on time. Yeah, yeah. Everything. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I walk to the back of the altar, and I get there, and one of the priests, you know, it was, it was nice. We had we had uh, three priests who were there, which was was beautiful. Three priests had, that played a, a role in our in our life in becoming Orthodox Christians, and so I walk in the back there, and it's funny because I was wearing the the, the uh, videographer came and put the microphone on me uh, <laughs> right before this, so I walk back there, and the, one of the priests he greets me, 
And he says, hello. I said, hello, Father. I get a blessing. How are you? And he says, uh, I'm doing well. Uh, can I talk to you for a second? I said, yeah, yeah, sure. And he pulls me over. He goes, are you ready? And I go, yeah, 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 I'm excited. You know, think keeping the conversation at superficial level, yeah. <laughs> top level. You know, yeah, yeah, totally ready, Father. You come into the party. Everything's great. <laughs> and he goes, he puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes, no, are you ready? This is serious. Because if you're not ready, he says, if you're not ready, you can stop this right now. And I'm just like, whoa, this guy's, this guy's serious. This guy's, <laughs> this guy's like, he's not joking. Yeah. You are about to become one with this person. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you ready to do this? And are you serious? Because if you're not, we can just stop this and move on, and you can tell the person you're not ready. And it just took me took me aback, and I was like, I would have been a deer in headlights. Like I was. What are you talking about? I was. <laughs> I was. You know, everyone else has been like, oh, you look so great. Every you know. Sure. But here, here's this priest, and he's just like, no, you are about to become entwined. You know, intertwined with this person for the rest of your life. Yeah. You're gonna die for this person, this this woman. Are you ready to do this? And are you serious about it? Because if you're not. You can stop this now, and you should if you're not ready. Yeah. That's heavy. It is heavy. That stuck with you, huh? It, it did stick with me. And I think about that story every time I date someone. Wow. Because what, That's you're, also, good. what you're also not saying is that we believe, especially as Eastern Christians, um, we believe that there are long-term, beyond the length of your physical life, effects of how you have been a husband or a father. Um, even to the point that even if you're engaged, there are some repercussions if you end that engagement. Right. The, you have gone beyond the uh, courting phase. You've now committed your life, even if you're not married yet. And there are repercussions to that on a spiritual level. And, but it's better to have those spiritual repercussions if you've made a mistake than to go through with it and then end a marriage later. I don't know. It just, it sticks with me. So that's, so, you know, I I have those two things now. Like I, I only had the one before. Can I be poor with you? But now I think about that stuff too. Wow. You know what I mean? And I've yet, and this is no offense to any, I have met numerous women who are are beyond marriage material. So I'm just throwing that out there now in case any of them hear this. This is not a a slight in in any way. But I just think about that story. And I have to be honest with myself. Whether I end a relationship because of me or because of you or because of a combination of both, if I can't think of that story and go follow through with it the way that you did, then it's got to end. Yeah. And I think right. that's what—that's how we should approach marriage. You know, we we all need to kind of pause, especially. You know, I do a lot of a lot of weddings. I've been literally hundreds, thank God. And yeah. I always wonder to myself, are these are these people approaching? Most of them, I can say, hopefully, are. But are they? Do they have this seriousness in their minds? Do they know what they're doing? Yeah. I hope to God they they do. I really do. You know, one thing, if I if I may, that's interesting. Maybe that, that you know it'll relate to this, but. I find it interesting. There's a quote that's coming to mind by Elder Emilianos. He's a, a an Orthodox Christian elder. Uh, maybe we're a little theologically heady today. I think so. I'm not. I'm not sure. We <laughs> but not it's, to it's part of our lives. So whatever. One thing that's interesting is that he says he says, and this is a man who you know who's venerable. Maybe will be 
considered a saint in the, in the Eastern Church. But he says that everybody gets married. Everybody. You either, you either get married to a person, to, to a you know, respective man or woman, you have a husband or wife, or you get married to, to Christ by becoming a monastic. It's really interesting, you know, that, that we're talking about marriage, so everybody gets married at, at one point. And I don't know, I, I'm not sure how this relates in particular, but, you know, you're, we're talking about how, how do we approach this in yeah. terms of, you know, single people and, and marriage. And But I just thought it was interesting that he says everybody enters into marriage. Yeah. I, I remember as a, as a young lad, I was in high school probably, and the uh, youth group I was attending... <coughs> they they read this really cheesy book. I thought it was really cheesy at the time, um, and I still do. It was called "I Kissed Dating Goodbye." Oh, I read um, that. <coughs> and uh, it's super cheesy. I thought it was cheesy when I was fifteen. So it's all not the girls that I, mean, I was interested at the time were reading it together, and they said, "No, we're we're dating Jesus." So I'm like, you don't have a theology for dating so, Jesus. So uh, the dating Jesus stuff it. is really <laughs> ridiculous and quite frankly silly and stupid. But the um, what what I took away from it. As a 16-year-old, 15-year-old, I don't remember how old I was, um, I, I think I would still tell single people today is that as that that dating is about preparing for marriage. So when you're looking at the, the, the young person you want to date, the question isn't, isn't are they good-looking and do I want to go out and have dates with them? The question is, is would I want to prepare myself to marry this person? Like, mm -hmm. am, am I going, is this going in that direction? Or even if you're dating someone already, um, let's say you're, let's say you're in your twenties, right? And you've been dating someone for two years. If you don't Ooh, know that you, time. I know, but do you know how many people are like, oh yeah, I don't know if I want to marry them. Like what, how can you be in a relationship with someone for two years and yeah. you don't know? How do you know? I, I, I can't even fathom that. I knew a guy who, I won't say more than that. Because he's that's a, fine. He's affiliated with your employment. I think he's. It's fine. Just so <laughs> can leave it at that. He, his thought was, oh no no no, I need a trial period. I need two years to find this out. Right. And actually, two years was a benchmark time. Sooner than that, you might be setting yourself up in failure. That's I interesting. You said two years. It just triggered that. I remember when I went to uh, ask for a blessing to propose to my wife from my spiritual father. I uh, and he, he you know this is while we were still kind of getting to know each other. But I said, uh, Father, he said, he asked me, how long have you been with this 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 woman? And I I remember having a feeling of almost like wanting to pop my collar because you know we had been together for four years at that time. Um, <laughs> actually, no, forgive me. I think it was like five years. It was five years. <laughs> it was five years. I dated someone for five. Years. So he goes, I said, he goes, how long have you been together? And I said, oh, it's been five years, Father. He goes, oh brother that's four years too many <laughs> <laughs> and i remember thinking oh my gosh you know and it's so true you know after one year you should know am i gonna am i gonna be able to should i pursue this am i gonna make it or break it yeah and if the answer is no the answer is no but right. you at least y you can you can know and again part of i mean this is this goes back to something we said earlier is that's it's it's part of the decision making process of loving someone like you have to con like it, you can decide to love someone or to not love someone. Right. Yeah. But I think men, men especially, I only say this because you know I can only relate to, to to men. I'm a man, but 
we need we need people in our lives that are going to be examples and we need um we need that direction. I needed that direction. I need a, uh, I needed a swift kick to kind of, you know, remind me. I, I, I had my priest tell me, "Brother, you're not 20 years old anymore. Yeah. You, you have to make these this these decisions consciously and wisely." Mm. Yeah. So we need we need this. Without this, I think we're just going to keep floundering and making these serious mistakes. Which is what this that's where that's where I feel I'm at right now. Um, but I, I've also learned to trust myself. And take in other people's um, advice because I want it. I especially want it from people like you guys who I respect and uh, feel certainly definitely a level of bonding that I don't have uh, with just every single person I know. But I also do trust. I'm at the age to where I just trust myself and I know when it's wrong. And I have to go with that. Because otherwise I will just say, eh. Maybe I am lowering my standards, or maybe I do need to not have the standards I have, and maybe I do need to, you know what I mean? Like, I need to be at that level where I know and own my decisions, and I'm, and I'm definitely at the point where I'm, I'm, I'm there. Like, I know what's going to work for me, and I know what it's not. I can have positive thoughts about certain females all day, and my friends that have met them can be like, dude, they were great. I know, and they still are, but I know me, so that's what I'm going with now, you know? I don't know if that's applicable. But I, I forgot why I said that. At what point do you think, uh, especially because you do know yourself, at what point do you think you'll challenge yourself and say, you know what, yeah, I know myself, and this is going to be hard, but they meet all these other other criteria of mine, and I'm I'm willing to sacrifice X, Y, and Z to right. make it work. I mean, uh, wh- when do you, when do you think you reach that point? I'm 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 still thinking about that, and the problem is is that time is slipping very swiftly as I think about this. So the only one that's going to lose by indecisiveness is me. Do you think uh, the time passing changes? things you know with the time passing are you do you think your criteria is being adjusted um no some things that i've um i've been a little more open to is people with kids but with only with uh, an asterisk you know attached to it as long as the man is in check because what i'm not going to do is deal with a psycho I'm not going to have to fist fight someone or have to pull a gun on someone. Right. Like a, you're talking about a baby daddy. A baby daddy, ah, yeah. I see. Okay. That's <laughs> the kind of thing. I'm more open to that. I would rather not date someone with kids just as a practical. It, it just makes life easier to right. start that with someone else, uh, to start that fresh with someone who's not been down that road as well. But I'm facts are facts i'm almost 40 i was gonna say at our age it's something you have to at least consider like what your response is to that's right right? even if your answer is yeah no but you still have to consider what would my response be yeah because you're gonna meet women who have children at at four you know you're we're i've been meeting women with children since i've been 25 approximately (sighs) that's pretty radical i have not (laughs) no it's it's true i mean i've (laughs) some people who you know, I, I feel particularly uh, lucky or blessed or whatever that I'm being formed under the church now. But what do you do when you're 18 right out of high school and you marry your high school sweetheart with no guidance? Mm. You oftentimes end up divorced at 24. 
with a family, right? <laughs> or hopefully without a family. Hopefully without. As is in my case. Yeah. Um, so that's how I'm saying you can come across that even as early as say 25 is like yeah. that situation yeah. happens. I mean, yeah, no, that is a that is a situation that I have a lot of experience in. Yeah, and I mean, maybe we can, we we we're we're almost at the end of our time here, so we don't have to go into it. But I mean, that is, I've had that exact experience. But you know, it was high school sweethearts in college. Let's go try to do this together. And after three years, she didn't want to do this together anymore. And there was. That was it. I mean, right? You know, and we could have very easily had children, very easily. We were, I mean, we were married for four years. So wow. Yeah. I mean, could have very easily had children, and I thank God, especially having children now. I was happy at the time. I was, uh, I was very, I felt very lucky that we didn't have children at the time. But now that I have two children, I'm even more thankful. Right. Because that would be awful for me it'd be awful for them you know and you'd be awful for her too yeah it'd be awful for everybody it would just be exactly awful. it'd be awful you so anyway. yeah wow and and i do feel bad for women who have kids who unfortunately at least i'm you know i'm being um charitable to the to the women because i know it's a two-way street when people get divorced but they thought they were doing the right thing and had kids with the man they thought they were going to be with the rest of their life and he turned out to be a whatever fill in the blank and then i feel bad for the women who now have in some way bad credit so to speak because they have unintended baggage and now men are judging them based off of that but it's still the man's life he starts to live his life and that is that sucks for the women and i don't think that's okay i I feel bad for them genuinely because i've seen it it you know, it doesn't matter if the guy makes money, pays his bills, or he's a deadbeat. It it doesn't matter. There's that, well, I had kids already with her. Those are my kids. She was mine first. There's, like, that little bit of competition that two kind of alphas have to, like, work through. And I feel bad for women when men aren't willing to put up with that. But I understand why men aren't at the same time. You know, it's it's, it's tough for everyone. When there's exes involved. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. So do you want to uh, provide us with some of your takeaways from our discussion today? Well, I... As a single guy? Well... (coughs) Sorry for the the air. I'm I'm just thinking, like... Well, let me flip it on you, and then we can revert back to it. Okay. Like, for guys like me, because... I've lived with other men, single men who are my age, and oftentimes they are crazy. Like there's probably a reason why they're single in their late 30s. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. I don't see it. I think I'm an all right guy. But what would you say to people who are in, men or women, who are in my position? Like if you were to put a period at the end of the sentence of this conversation, like what would be like a final thought? type of thing for men or women going through it as single maybe a little bit older why is this worth it um do you want to go jason i'll i'll try let's see uh you know i I would definitely be tempted to spend more time thinking about a response to that but today I, i would probably say to someone in your position man or woman a single person in their late 30s, maybe even early 40s. Well, in some places, even late 20s is like, 
they're getting, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like my, my kind of divulging a little bit, but my sister is married to uh, a Mexican guy and they've been married eight years and they don't have kids. And there's like this external pressure. They are married, but so I'm just saying, I'm just saying like there's pressures throughout your life depending on your situation. You could be in your late 20s and your family could be like, you are old. So you're talking about uh, having children or are you talking about what we would say in terms of marriage in general? Or well, no, I was just using my sister as an example of age is kind of relative to your situation. Mm, okay. Some people, it's like you're 21. You're not even thinking about marriage. What is wrong with you? Right. Depending, But I guess mid-30s is more applicable to me directly, sure, or so mid-30s. So someone in that position... I would certainly say, and and again, you know, I, I know this this not a, the intention of the podcast itself. I think it got a little theological or or uh, religious, but I would certainly say to that person, you know, pray pray about that situation, and if you are called to be married, if you feel that desire, if if that's what. God has intended for you, be vigilant about what's going on around you. Be vigilant about the people that God places in your life. And don't do this on your own. Don't do this on your own. Listen to the people that, that love you. Uh, you know, as part of this, I would say to that person that uh, experts, marital experts, always advise people that are in relationships before they get married to listen to the family. Listen to those that know you mm. the best and, and see what they have to, to tell you. Because a lot of times that advice, you know, especially you have these, these situations, sorry for the, the long answer here, but you have these situations with these, these um, uh, young people that are in relationships and they, they want to enter into marriage and you have the families that are warning them, like, no, this mm. is not the person for you. Look at all these red flags. And then they enter into the marriage and they have this terrible, terrible time yeah. and then they have a sad, tragic divorce uh, and all of this can be avoided be, if, you know, by listening to, to those that love them. So definitely don't do this on your own. Pray about it. Consult those that love you. If you have some kind of spiritual guide as well consult with them someone that you really trust and respect and then be open and and willing to to sacrifice and be open to make some adjustments in your life yeah. one thing one thing that that uh, stays with me and this is totally silly totally silly but uh when i was young I went out. It sounds to like a song. Yeah, when I w I went out with <laughs> to close the. You're not old, by the <laughs> way. To close the so. podcast, DJ J. So we're gonna sing for we're us. We're gonna we're gonna do a little number. He's gonna sing us out. That's right. We're gonna sing you to sleep. Um, I I went to with my family to Venice Beach, and we were we were just on 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 a day out, and I remember I I really really wanted to be in a relationship at this time. I I had, you know, the desire to be with someone and to love someone and all that all that we've talked about earlier. And it was funny because there was this, this lady who had a stand with a, two little chairs and a table, and it said, free advice. <laughs> and her, na her, na her name was uh, Lily Fearless. Lily Amazing. Fearless. She's probably still out there. <laughs> Shout so out. That's I great. I was like 19 at the time. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll check this out. But you know what? What she shared with me always stayed with me. <laughs> and, and I actually used it practically, practically speaking. So – 
she shared with me a worksheet because I said, oh, you know, I want to be in love. I want to be with someone. And she <laughs> shared with me this worksheet. And she said, take this and uh, and call me. In the, no, she said, take this and, and, and use this as a guide. But she the, the worksheet said, you know, negotiables, non-negotiables. Ah. And, and so on there, she said, you know, what kind of woman are you looking for? List all your negotiables and all your non-negotiables. And be willing to... to do trade-offs, you know, yeah. like maybe maybe their physical type or their appearance. Maybe that's a negotiable. Maybe that can be negotiated. Well, she's not blonde or whatever, you know, or she's not blue-eyed or whatever you're – whatever. That's a s- stupid example. But there's certain things that you should be willing to say, okay, right. you know, this is negotiable and that's not. So that's what I would say. It's a very long-winded answer, but I would encourage the person, don't do it alone. Listen to your family and then be ready to make some adjustments. There are negotiables. And there are non-negotiables, and make sure you have those calibrated appropriately. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. I have a very short answer. I liked Jason's long answer though, so that that's <laughs> kind of why I want to make this short. Um, I was, I I consider myself a I was a single man, um, really. From that sounds like a song hold too. On, hold on, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's like an like, brothers like a band. country song. Yeah, that I was yeah. A single man. I'm kind of getting. We could make a whole song. Actually, this could be a song. <laughs> I, I feel like write it down. Like let's let's work on <laughs> this. Let's get a transcript. Yeah, let's work on this. Um, <laughs> so, I I was I was single from about the time I was 28 to the time I was 31. Like as an adult, as a man, um, and I I sort of learned in the tiny stupid bit of dating that I did that it's easy to find a girl to have fun with, mm. and so. So that's fine. E- f- that that part's easy. Whoever you're going to be with, you're going to have fun with her. Find find a girl who you can struggle with. Because wow. you're going to have to do both. Mm. The fun is going to be there, but the struggle is coming whether you like it or not. You're gonna People are going to get sick. Your her parents are going to die. Um, it's going to be hard. You're going to have hard days. So fi- find someone who you can have those hard days with. Yeah. That's good. I don't know if I'm sorry. Come with it. You're <laughs> if we were filming, you would see that Jason's looking at me very intently. Well, I, I, I I'm really <laughs> tempted to like. I'm like, no, I just Mike, let it out. Mike, no. Mike kept saying like, no, we're almost out of time here, and I'm well, like, no, I don't know, I don't know. I you mean, can say it. We're 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 almost out of time. I can right. say it again. We're no, almost out of time. You know, I <laughs> one thing I would, and that's what I was pulling up earlier too. I wasn't trying to to go on my phone for anything else, but I have this note. I was thinking you were rude for a second, but then I changed my mind. No, so yeah, and I was like, man, because it's, it's in you know here, and it's it saved. That quote I was bringing up by C.S. Lewis is something I would really encourage people to, to look at and challenge themselves with. Do you want to read it? Is that I, what you're I would, saying? I would love to read that. Cause, and That'd I think be great. I would yeah. think this Why is something. Can we close it out with this quote? That's, brother, is that's, that's, what idea? Was, that's what I was thinking. All right, that sounds great. Yeah. And then, ap- well, to be actual, and the reality is we're going to close by plugging That's Jason. fine. That's fine. He's going to close this out, though. The th- but last word this on the will, topic. This will be the last word on the topic, yeah, for sure. So the quote is the following, <laughs> and it's a, it's a lengthy one, but to our listeners, I would say that it's certainly one that's worth listening to attentively. So here's the quote. And don't act like you don't want it to be long. You know you want Jason to say it all long. <laughs> Being in (laughs) love. Okay, okay, I'm serious. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Being in love is a good thing, but it's not the best thing. There are many things below it, 
but there are also things above it. You cannot make it the basis of a whole life. It is a noble feeling, but it is still a feeling. Now, no feeling can be relied on to last in its full intensity or even to last at all. Knowledge can last. Principles can last. Habits can last. But feelings come and go. And, in fact, whatever people say, the state called being in love usually does not last. If the old fairy tale ending, they lived happily ever after, is taken to mean they felt for the next 50 years exactly as they felt the day before they were married, then it says what probably never was, nor ever would be true, and would be highly undesirable if it were. Who could bear to live in that excitement for even five years? What would become of your work, your appetite, your sleep, your friendships? But, of course, ceasing to be in love need not mean ceasing to love. Love in this second sense, love as distinct from being in love, is not merely a feeling. It is a deep unity maintained by the will and deliberately strengthened by habit, reinforced by, in Christian marriages, the grace which both partners ask and receive from God. They can have this love for each other even at those moments when they do not like each other, as you love yourself even when you do not like yourself. They can retain this love even when each would easily, if they allowed themselves, be in love with someone else. Being in love first moved them to promise fidelity. This quieter love enables them to keep that promise. It is on this love that the engine of marriage is run. Being in love was the explosion that started it. That was C.S. Lewis. I like that. I that, do like that. I it think raises that a lot of questions, but it's, it's I think great to think about. Yeah, no, I think it wraps it up nicely, actually, the topic. Yeah. Um, speaking of a lot of marriages... Jason does a lot of marriages, and not just as the guy who got a phony, like, thing online where he's allowed to marry yeah. people. <laughs> when we say Can he does do a lot though? of, he, he did not become a minister online so a that minister. he could marry people. That is not what he does. <laughs> do, you wanna do you want to talk about what you do? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, it sounds kind of funny, but, so I'm a, I, I specialize in weddings, if you will. I'm a, I'm a wedding DJ. I also, I mean, I guess you could say I'm an events DJ. Yeah, it doesn't have to. You can no, it do all kinds of. It doesn't have to be an event. I mean, a wedding. We have uh, corporate events that we do a lot and and things like that. But we have literally done, thank God, hundreds of weddings. Uh, we're so thankful for them. We just did this this huge wedding yesterday that was just absolutely wonderful. Um, so we're very thankful for that. So yeah, we we provide the uh, our our mission, if you will, is to provide quote professional direction dynamic entertainment end quote yes nice. so that's what we do uh, our company is dj jason kova and where can people find you they can go to jasonkova.com 
uh, especially if they're, you know, our whole topic today was on marriage. If they're engaged, newly engaged, I would love to hear from them. If they're looking for a, a wedding professional to help them, you know, if, if they're interested in just another wedding vendor, they, there's plenty of those to, to look at. But if they want someone who's truly a wedding professional, I'd, I'd love to hear from them. And if they want someone who's going to help them with their with their big day. Cool. Yeah. And you're on Instagram. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I'm on it. We're on Instagram as uh, DJ dot Jason Kova at DJ dot Jason Kova. They can find us that way. Nice. And that is it a public profile or do they have to request you? No, no, no. Absolutely public. They can okay. see uh, past events that we've done. Uh, all the couples that we've been a part of. Most of the couples, it's very hard to, to keep up with, with all the social media, but we have a lot of pictures up and some videos. They can. They and can a lot of your out. a lot of your clients uh, like to comment back on how how much they liked your services so. they do yeah they can also take a look at our yelp reviews we're very uh very pleased with the way our, our clients have been have been very happy thank god all our weddings have been turning out great uh, they can look at our reviews there on yelp they can check us out just look up dj jason kova uh, we do bilingual events and uh, they'll see what kind of service we provide and the caliber we offer awesome that's cool. great thank you yeah, I, I am very thankful that you were able to come here and shed some light on this subject. And um, hopefully we can have you back another time. Yeah, I Probably. enjoyed that conversation a lot. Thank you. Thank I want to thank you both. I'm, I'm very uh, honored to, to be here. I love what you guys are doing. And I'm very thankful to both of you for allowing me to be a, a part of this today. Yeah, thank you. well, thank you. And where can uh, people find us, Eric? Um. I know for sure they can find us on Instagram. <laughs> at Start Today Podcast. That's right. And at letsgocast.com on the internet. Yeah. Letsgocast.com. We're one of a few shows on Let's Go, so you can check that out. Yeah. They have a, um, a general, I, I guess I would say, pop culture show, which is, yeah. which is interesting. And then Let's Go Comics, which Another is Another comic awesome. show. And uh, we need some YouTube subscribers. Eric has some video goals for you guys, so uh, I check do. out that YouTube page and subscribe because you need a certain amount of subscribers before you can do more with your YouTube page. So It's just jumping the through hoops, Yeah, basically. so subscribe there and uh, on Facebook, Start Today Podcast, all yeah. the fun places. Yeah, man. Okay, that's... To be honest, just to the audience, like we do have a Twitter and a Facebook, but I literally don't do it. I think Twitter is an awful Twi well, thing. Well, well, Facebook auto when Facebook auto loads, like when oh, when we does. post shows, it auto posts shows. Yeah. Okay. So they're there. The shows I don't are, even have. Facebook so the shows are there, anymore. and they're the usually uh, audios via YouTube. I think. Okay, so. and I apologize uh, for not having the. Uh, having this dialed in and knowing every ins and outs of this. But some Eric things pays a so tech guy and he doesn't pay attention <laughs> to it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. we are thankful for everyone that listens. We're thankful for Jason and we hope to have him on soon. And I'm glad Mike's back. I'm glad his family's doing well. And do you have any last, last minute, last comments? No. Well, thanks for being here. Good. All right. Love you guys. Take care. Peace.